Welcome back to the Bay Brothers Podcast. Bay Brothers Podcast. Buckle up for an action-packed show with some of the best content in the land. With your hosts, Jack and Andrew. Hello, everybody, and thanks for tuning in to this Sunday edition of the Bay Brothers Podcast. I'm Andrew Hall. He's Jack Deasing, and today is Sunday, May 10th, also known as Mother's Day, and we would like to wish a happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there, but especially the ones that listen to the Bay Brothers Podcast. Jack, how has uh, your Mother's Day been so far? It's been good. Uh, This morning, the family watched uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off as my mom's request. Um, oh, great movie. <laughs> she uh, made a little breakfast for her, a little brunch more so, I guess. Um, a little avocado toast going on. Just kind of lounged around. Um, now doing the podcast, so it's been good. How about you? Me too. Um, it's been a good start. We went on a like a two-hour nature walk uh, this morning. It's like this uh, hidden forest behind this seminary. Uh, so it's kind of cool, I guess. Um so that was fun. We also did a little brunch, a little, uh, little frittata action, a little pancake action, and uh, just been been doing some stuff uh, around the house all day. So it's it's been pretty good finding finding stuff to do. Where was the nature walk? Did you guys like drive somewhere for it? Or did you, like... Yeah, so it was like 20, 25 minutes away in Bayview, I think. So was it like was it raining at that point already? Uh, a little bit of sprinkling. It was cold, but okay. um, I guess on my mom's request to get outside, which I enjoyed it. Yeah, so for sure. It was good. Um, oh, question. So I, I know you. we talked about this earlier, but you don't like watching movies like anytime beside at night. So what was that, that all about that, this morning? Was it was it tough? Um, okay, that is a good point, which I do usually say movies at night, but I think it was just because it was – one, it was raining outside, so I was like, I'm not going to go for my run Yeah, right yeah you now. can do that. Yeah, that, um, if it's raining, it's a lot easier. Yeah, and then two, it was like, it's Mother's Day, so I was like, my mom's request, so I felt like, you know, I was like, I, I needed to be there. Kind of. It was like an event almost more so. Um, also, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is a very easy, just like sit down and watch. It's not a tough it's not a tough one to get through. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, yeah, obviously, like, seen it many times. Um I mean, you kind of you don't really need to like lock in the whole time. Always, you kind of you're watching it and you kind of know the line, so it's kind of it's fun in that regard. Yeah, I think I think like the first thirty minutes, that's just some of the best movie cinematic television out there. I I would put that against anything. I think the only part that I really I didn't I mean I like the whole movie. Obviously, we've talked about it a lot, but the only part that kind of is like eh is like when. Uh, the principal Ed Rooney is kind of like trying to break into the house and you have the whole thing with the dog and they're kind of going that between that and them in uh, downtown Chicago, that part of him there at the house is the only part I'm like, not so good. Yeah. Ed Rooney is, I think he's my least favorite character out of it. And I guess he is the villain. So I guess like mission accomplished by the directors and writers of that, but he's definitely, I think the least favorite character. I mean, there's some movies where you root for the villain, but just not in this case at all. He's just kind of a creep. Yeah. All right. So now we got right. um, our final four of types of bread. Um, looking upon this at first, when you, 
threw out the idea. I was like, types of bread. But, you know, really, there's like a million types of bread out there. So, um, yeah, exactly. Um, I first picked today. Okay. Um, and I'm going to go with uh, baguette, uh, my favorite type of bread. Um, not really even, there's not even a close one for me, really. Um, this definitely comes in the lead, definitely wins first place for my favorite bread. Um, I'm not a huge sandwich guy. I enjoy a sandwich here and there. Um, I mainly like bread for other things. I, I love garlic bread. Uh, garlic bread is a top 10 favorite food for me. I love it. I love it. Um, and baguette's my favorite bread to have that with. I also, a couple years ago, I came upon this recipe with uh, a baguette as French toast. I made it, and it's my favorite French toast um, that I've ever had. Uh, I think it's the most delicious for homemade. And um, a baguette can be used as a sandwich. It's not conventional, but uh, I just like you know tearing a piece off of a baguette and eating it with some oil and vinegar. Um, my favorite type. Yeah, these are the ones that give you a Panera, I think, right? Are you a Panera? Oh, I guy? don't know. I no, the the baguette is just the long one. Okay, yeah, where yeah. It could be. Okay, yeah. I got you. All right, for I'm going for my first one. I'm going with a cinnamon bread. Um, we used to get it like once a year from the Cincinnati Dominicans, the sisters at a Dominican. So they would like send us this bread that they would make, and it was amazing. I haven't had it in a long time, but this stuff flies when it gets in the house. Um, I don't know. It's just an amazing cinnamon bread. Great flavor. Bread's just something you can just kind of quickly eat. It doesn't fill you up much. So you're just like pounding it. Okay, so I've never heard of this. Um, so is it is is it like a sweet bread? I presume. Yeah, I guess I guess sweet bread you could say. It, like you know, it's like a normal like loaf of bread, but then it kind of looks you got like kind of like the swirl pattern. You know what I'm saying with like the cinnamon kind of thing. Looks gotcha. almost like. And then do you have it with like butter, peanut butter? No, it's like so good. I just eat it plain. Okay, gotcha. Um, for my next pick, I'm gonna take banana bread. Uh, another sweet bread, I guess. I think uh, this has really risen in popularity. I feel like over the last like five years, a lot of people enjoy making homemade banana bread. I think it's pretty easy, um, and I I absolutely love it too. Um, making it homemade, the aroma in the kitchen is fantastic. And uh, if you get banana bread, a little chocolate chips, maybe put in some pecans for a nice crunch. Bada boom, bada bing, absolutely great bread. For sure, that's that's always a classic. It's a way to use those bad bananas up always. Um, yes, that and smoothies. Yes. All right, for my next pick, I'm going to go with a little different one here. I'm going to go with lemon blueberry bread. So uh, there's this company in Kansas City that uh, my friend's mom buys a lot of bread for. It's like all these different flavors. They have like cinnamon bread and like strawberry. and it's. I think it's called strawberry bread or something like that. That's the name of the company. It's in Kansas City. And so... Um, my friend's mom sent us a loaf a couple weeks ago and it happened to be lemon blueberry and my God was this amazing. The best, maybe, I don't know. It's like, I just, we got the huge loaf and I would just eat pea, uh, like slices a day. Just boom, boom, boom. I like three a day. It was the whole loaf was gone in two days. Um, I think even a different flavor from this company would be way better, but even lemon blueberry was amazing. And I would never think of that combo. 
what um what flavor do you think would have been the best from the company i mean probably like a cinnamon done by that company but maybe i've really looked at the like the flavors but like i don't even i don't even like blueberries as we talked about so like there's got to be something better out there even for me oh that's right i forgot about that um okay for my next pick i'm gonna take sourdough uh this is pretty classic this is the one i do enjoy with the sandwich um but it's also it's probably one of the most versatile breads out there um you can have it as a sandwich as i said that's probably the most conventional um but you can also you know peanut butter and jelly and then you got your deli meats so i like that option and as i said before i think peanut butter and jelly it's so simple that it's it has to be ranked higher than people give it um in terms of taste but it's just like three ingredients that just it's such a great combination um that i think it is underrated in society honestly because we talk about it as a little kid thing but peanut butter and jelly can also just age with you as you get older and older um so i like that a lot uh as i said the deli sandwiches and then you can make it as french toast i did that lately over the quarantine which that was great um irish soda bread uh that's great around saint patrick's day um that's a little bit different type of soda or Oh, I'm sorry. That's soda bread. That's different. That's not sourdough. My bad on that. But sourdough. Okay. Well, well, touching back to the peanut butter and jelly thing, I I totally agree with you. Like, I feel like when it's like age, like, you know, you go to college and you kind of, you know, you need something to eat, you eat peanut butter and jelly. But after college, when you have a little more more money, you kind of drop the PB&J for some reason, I feel like. But for me... I think that the stock of peanut butter and jelly for me is only rising. Um, sometimes you go, I go like half, half PB and J, you go full PB and J. I don't know. I just like think it's going to stay with me my whole life. Um, I also, so yesterday I was making a bar, homemade barbecue sauce or something and we had to get apricot preserves. So I, I got apricot preserves from the store and we don't have any bread at the house right now, but when we do, I'm really excited to try, uh, so apricot preserves, it's kind of like uh, a jelly. It's like the same texture. So I'm really excited to try peanut butter and apricot jelly. I don't know how it's going to taste, but I think it could be very tasty. So I've never had an apricot. What does it taste like? Apricots are um, dried apricot. You got to try those. Those are those are excellent. I can't believe you haven't had that. Is it kind of like a jelly taste almost? Uh, well, if you turn it into a jelly, I actually don't. I don't know if I've had an apricot that hasn't been like dried, but dried oh. apricots are great. Um, but I don't know. Try the apricots. Okay. Uh, all right, you're up. Um, talked about this one earlier. Uh, garlic bread. You didn't take this, right? You just no. talked about oh. it. Okay, yeah. Okay. I didn't. Okay, yeah. So I'm 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 swiping it. Garlic bread, um, great with pasta. Great with really anything. Um, you know, like kind of a salad dish. You have some garlic bread. You can just keep shoveling these babies down, man. Um, just filled with butter and other yummy goodness. Okay. Um, for my last pick, I don't know if this is gonna fly. Um, tortilla. I'll sure. If just just give me your give me your explanation. Okay, well, I think usually for bread, usually I don't think you eat it plain. Can I I I would you presume that too? Yeah, for most breads you wouldn't, yeah. Right. So, um usually, you know, you have the sandwich, so you do uh one thing in 
um, you know, one bread on top, one bread on the bottom. Um, tortilla, taco, breakfast taco. Um, and I guess it's not like a sandwich because it's not a sandwich. It's a whole different category. But still, uh, tortilla, you put different ingredients in it. And the tortilla kind of brings it all together. It's what makes um, the dish go round and round. It's the staple of the food. The tortilla remains a staple. You can substitute ingredients, but that always remains a staple. And uh, I think it is a type of bread because you use flour and you use water. And those are similar ingredients in a type of bread. So um, I do love the tortilla. Tacos, another one of my top 10 favorite foods. Um, I do like the breakfast taco. That's really been growing on me. And also, um, uh, a secret ingredient to a really good chili. Um, sometimes I like dipping in tortilla chips, but if you don't have any tortilla chips, you cut up some tortillas into uh, little slices, into like, uh, yeah, slices, and you fry those up in some oil, get them nice and crispy, put them on top of the chili. It's a great combo. Good a little intake from Chef Andrew there. <laughs> um, all right, for my last pick, I'm going to go with, my most simple bread. Um, I go to the well every day for this bread pretty much, and that's my multi-grain bread. Uh, you know, a lot of people like white bread. <laughs> we go multi-grain bread at the DC household. We're not, like, really trying to be – I mean, like, it's healthier, but honestly, I just think it has more flavor as well. Um, I use this for all my sandwiches pretty much, use it for, you know, toast and all that good stuff. You know, I always have it for sandwiches, peanut butter and jelly. I go salami sandwich, all of that. It's my base. It holds the four down of breads for me. Okay, honorable mentions. Um, I didn't know if this would count uh, bagel. Probably not. I mean, it's bread, but in a different form. You don't really, you don't really eat it the same way as a bread. But sure, right. bagel. That's fine. What type um, of bagel? Though? Brio- brioche bread. Brioche bread. I okay. like a lot. Uh, I got uh, ciabatta. I go pita. Yes, good one. Pita bread. Sometimes I go pita bread. Dip it in hummus. Hummus. Bang little snack action i like pita chips but yes pita bread's good too um flatbread mm, yep uh french bread italian bread french. those are pretty good yeah some like some of those i just can't tell apart like i won't be able to really tell but i mean all those are probably i probably had them a few times in my life yes all right and that was the final four breads um now we're going to go into uh would you rather segment of the week Rapid fire. All right, so Andrew, you have the first question um, going out towards to me, and you know you'll respond too. But then uh, we got one minute on the clock, so uh, on your first word, I'll start the clock. Alrighty. Um, in your life, or like when you're older, would you rather have a maid or a cook? I would go with a a, a maid because. I need somebody to keep everything clean for me. I think I could eat food really quick. I could just throw things together. I don't really need amazing food, at least that's what I'm thinking right now. So if I can have somebody keep something clean, that's not something that's um, needed for me right now. So that's my answer. Yeah, I'll go with the maid too. Um, I think I can do cooking pretty well, but one thing I'm 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 absolutely horrible at it and I hate it is cleaning. So that would be very nice to have around. But in my life, I don't think I'll get a maid. This is just hypothetically speaking. All right, next question going to me. Ready, set. All right. Would you rather live in a bubble or be on an island with somebody who you hate and talks way too much? So bubble or island with person talks too much? 
Okay, so you gotta explain. Is the bubble? Can you like talk to other people? No, you. Well, yeah, yeah, you can, but it's not like really easy. You're just kind of, you know, it's through a little muffled bubble, so it's tough. Can you move around with the bubble? A little bit, but you need in assistance. The... You're like kind of in a wheelchair almost. Oh gosh, that's tough. Uh, I'll take the bubble because I guess you can still have that human interaction with someone you like. I'm gonna go bubbles well because island. You're just with that person. Your life is kind of over from there. You're just living on an island and you're going to die out at some point. Bubble, you can still kind of do whatever you want to an extent, I guess. Okay, uh, last question. Would you rather be stuck in Antarctica or the Sahara Desert? Uh, I'd go to desert. Um, I don't know which one would be faster of me dying. Uh, there's probably a right answer to that part. Um, but I'm going to go desert because I like the heat more. Uh, I just want to like, sweat it out and try to live my life and get a work, get a good tan, I guess, and probably get burnt a lot. Um, I'm going to go with Antarctica for this one. Uh, I don't mind the cold as long as I have the proper supplies. Plus, I think it would be a cooler experience. Um, you have, like, you got the water around you. Um you like the polar ice caps. You got all the glaciers to look at. I think it'd be pretty cool to view all that nature. Then you got the animals. You have penguins. You got the polar bears. You got the seals. Um, I think you could build some igloos. Like you can't do much with sand. Maybe a sandcastle. But you could build an igloo. Um, and that would be pretty epic. All right. Time's up on that. And maybe even next week we can uh, short it down to a smaller amount of time to to challenge ourselves a little bit with that second, but that that's would you rather um, second time going through that. But now um, the last dance, uh, Michael Jordan documentary. What is it? Episode what's going to premiere today? Yeah, episode seven and eight tonight, seven and eight tonight. So if you haven't heard about it, well, it's the biggest thing going really on TV right now. It's about Michael Jordan and his last season with the bulls, that last championship and kind of also simultaneously flashing back to um, him coming up in the NBA. So what is, what is your take on it, Andrew? What do you like, what do you don't like? Um, I think The Last Dance, it's been pretty incredible. Um, I think there's a lot to say about it. Um, it's obviously a very well done uh, documentary. Some people say it can't be called a documentary because uh, Michael Jordan's own production company is making the film. And therefore there's a... Um, there's a bias towards it because you're not looking at it from uh, a journalistic perspective, which I understand. Um, but at the same time, it's 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 content and it's live. And it's exactly what we needed during this time, kind of to fill the void. Um, it spikes up a lot of debates. It brings up a lot of great stories. I think it's been great content. I've learned quite a bit. Um, it makes me really angry that I wasn't really around during this time to witness it. Um, and it definitely, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago about the Michael Jordan versus LeBron. And I'm, I'm interested in your new perspective about it. Um, but this definitely solidifies the Michael Jordan of uh, the myth, the legend, um, how he's kind of viewed as a Greek God almost. Um, he's the most popular man in the world. And I don't know if LeBron's reached that status. Um, but just Michael's competitiveness and his willingness to do, you know, a lot of people say I'm willing to do anything to win a championship. And I don't I don't really believe them after hearing what Michael Jordan actually did to win a championship. Yeah, I, and a lot of the same things you're saying, 
very well done. I do have a little bit of criticism about how like it's done. Like I, they're focused on that last season, but then they're doing a lot of flashbacks and kind of things like that. Yeah, people which, people are criticizing them for that and how the timeline it does get confusing at points, um, where you know they're skipping back between years, and they said it would be all about the you know they call it the last dance, and which is what Phil Jackson coined. Uh, the Bills last season um, because it was it's a Native American term for uh, I don't know exactly what it represents but it represents the last go around of something and they said you know this is what the central theme of the documentary is going to be about and I almost wish they would have just called it about the 90s Bulls because that's really what it's about I think they had to call it the last dance this documentary wouldn't be possible without all of the um, without all the coverage they had the behind the cam- or behind the scene cameras going all season long, rolling tape after tape. Michael in his hotel room, them in the locker room, um, them on the bus, uh, you know, making fun of Jerry Krause and all of that aspect. And it wouldn't be possible without that coverage that's never been really released before. But essentially, it's just about the '90s Bulls and their greatness. Yeah, and I think when I heard about it, or you told me about it about a year and a half ago, it was kind of more focus about the 90s bulls and now it's kind of morphed into this last dance which is fine i think they're you know trying to get creative with the flashback but i feel like if they did it in a normal um you know chronological way it could have been better just kind of see the development of the team and everything with that the only the second criticism i have is when jordan was in his hotel room in the either you know the last last Sunday, I can't remember which episode it was exactly. Yeah, and he was I think kind it was of episode six. Yeah, he was kind of just like complaining about his life, and it kind of made me a little upset because I do realize that everywhere you're swamped with the fans, and you need to have your personal life and your privacy. But man, you've won all these championships. You're living an amazing lifestyle. You have millions of dollars, and you're about to complain about anything. I, like we all have complaints, but like I don't know. It, what do you what do you think about that? Are you like it's okay? You know, like like what what do you? I get think? where you're coming from. I get where you're coming from. I didn't really think about that. Um, I but I do understand where Michael is coming from. Where if you you saw all the videos, um, he went outside and he's the biggest. He was the most popular man on the earth. Like everyone in America knew who Michael Jordan was, and he really couldn't get anywhere without. All that publicity, all those reporters, all of the drama around the last season. Um, and I think that's first off why he went to baseball is because he really couldn't handle the pressure. He um, he was done. He was kind of uh, he felt like he wasn't challenged, honestly, after he won the three championships and he needed a new challenge. Just that's how competitive he was. Um, but you found where he, he found so much joy in just those private moments, even when he was with the security guard gambling about that tossing the quarter against the wall game. Those were the people that he hung out with when he was mostly in private, and he just had no time to himself, honestly. And I get where his complaints were coming from, and I also understand where uh, we're like we're complaining about him complaining because of all the luxuries he had. I see boy both sides of it. Yeah, I think when it comes to complaining, uh, when we're like living in our good lives, like he was living in his uh, fantastic life. For me, it's about obviously we all have complaints, 
and we're all like, I'm tired or whatever. But I think for me, what I like, like to say about that is like, you know, just kind of keep it to yourself. Like I could, you know, we could all complain about things, but like we try to keep it to ourselves and, you know, maybe, I mean, like it's not like a horrible thing to do and I'm not calling like a bad person for it. But like, for me, I always try to like keep my complaints to myself and lock it in compare, um, than just like to spread the negativity. But I mean, nothing bad. Well, I, on Michael I don't Jordan's think he name. knew that he didn't know that like 20 years down the road, this is all going to be released into a documentary, you know? Well, I, I don't think he just, I don't think he was even thinking about like that at all. It's just like, he doesn't care. He's just saying like what's on his mind. I mean like nothing against him. I'm just saying like, I don't know his personality. If he was like always complaining about this or if it was just like a few times where he was like, just like doing it for an interview. Like do you, Michael, do you, uh, um, do you hate the media? Like, do you find this lifestyle annoying? I don't know if he was like complaining to his wife and his teammates about like, Oh, like got to face his media after this game. It doesn't seem like it by the way, his personality and how he goes about, um, during all those media segments. But yet again, we're sitting here watching a documentary, not, you know, living in the nineties. Yeah. Um, so did you have your like view of who's the best player of all time? Has it changed after this? You know, I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, it's almost, it's almost, it's almost like a, an ongoing like presidential debate, like LeBron versus Jordan or like Hillary versus Trump almost. It, it seems like that at this point, you know, and you know, there's, there's these sides of LeBron versus Jordan and I don't, you know, I've, I've said LeBron, that's more mostly Ben, and I don't really watch a ton of NBA, so I can't even give it a full, like, review, but I feel like Jordan was a bigger superstar. Oh, for sure. I agree with that. And I feel, I, I, and I don't I think if... it's hard to tell because everything about the game of basketball has progressed. Like, I think if you're taking the 2017 Warriors versus like the 95, 96 bulls, I would take the warriors because over those like 20 years, the warriors learn better ways to score the basketball. They learn that the most efficient, you know, through analytics and the sabermetric revolution, they learned that the most efficient way to score, um, to score points is through like three pointers. And that's kind of just with life in general, like over time technology advances. And so too, does like your quality of life with that i think that's kind of the same with basketball so i think if you're saying like who is the but i think you have to look at it in terms of their respective eras you can't really join eras together michael jordan compared to the rest of the competition in the 90s he was just astronomically better than the rest of the nba um compared to lebron i think there was a little bit of a closer gap between him and like the second best player in the nba yeah, that's a very good point you say there. And I think with the air, I think, you know, Jordan dominated the air better than LeBron. But if you put talent by talent and you kind of looked at more stats, like um, just more deliberate like that, I think you could say LeBron is the most talented slash maybe better stat. I haven't even looked at the stats, but maybe no, better I, stats. I don't think you can say that because I think Jordan, well, I don't know. LeBron has the longevity aspect, but Jordan has – just the absolute domination with assists, rebounds. I mean, LeBron has that too, but also Jordan was a first-team defender. You know, every year he was in the league. LeBron, he takes defensive years off, it seems. I'm not criticizing LeBron. I think he's 
solidified himself as the second best player of all time. And that's amazing. But I'm just saying, I think the debate is leaning more towards Michael after seeing all this footage, at least for me, because like a new generation seeing all this stuff is definitely new. Yeah. And I think, uh, I would, I really, for me to make a decision or for other people to, in my opinion, I feel like you really need to understand first the game of basketball and number two, the stats and their meaning. Um, like for like baseball, like I can do a pretty easy analysis of who's a better player or who's the greatest player of all time, because I just know how to read those stats. I think with basketball, it, it's all stats for me, honestly. I mean, yes, there's an error thing like Mickey Mantle versus Mike. Yeah, Trump, but I don't. I don't. But... I think in this sense, you have to look beyond the stats. And like Michael single-handedly willed his team to the finals six years in a row. And I guess you could say that for LeBron in certain years, but with the Heat, he and you can say with Jordan, he had Pippen and he had a pretty strong supporting cast. But Jordan was like different in willing his team towards victory. I'd say. Um, yes. I mean, I, yes, because he did close it out. You know, he, he did win six ships, uh, LeBron, you know, making those eight straight finals, but not always closing, closing it out. I think LeBron had a worse supporting cast. Cause obviously talk about just Pippen right there. Cause his early Cavs teams were pretty awful. And then his later Cavs teams weren't great as well. You know, he had Kyrie and Kevin love those one or two years, but the year he made to the his last year he made to the finals of the Cavs, that was a bad team. Um, I mean the Heat he had Wade and Bosch, but I mean, I I really wish I could make a decision, but I don't even want to say anything because I'm just not educated enough. I mean, I mean it's ongoing and it's it, you know yeah LeBron still has years left to like change it. How old is he? Thirty five. Oh yeah, because he was born in eighty five. Or no, he's born in uh, 84, I think, because he graduated in 03 in the draft then. But, uh, all right, so that uh, concludes episode, what is this now, 114 of the Bay Brothers Podcast. And uh, once again, you can email us at baybrothers2018 at gmail.com. Tweet us, baybrothers1, Andrew Hall underscore two, Nat and Jack. For now, we're going to close to a little Andy Grammer, best of you. What I'm saying is I get you, get you, nothing we can't get through. If I see you going down that road, then I won't let you, I'll catch you, no matter how far you fall. Cause the best of me loves the best of you, and all the rest I can see right through. You trust in me and I trust you too, cause the best of me loves the best of you.